you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, everybody. A reminder that the Around the NFL show on NFL Network, this is a real thing that's happening. So before you listen to this podcast, go to your DVR. Set the recording. We have an episode every Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, leading up to Championship Sunday. If you don't watch, garbage people. If you don't watch, just record it and then play it, but leave the room. No, I don't want to hear any of this. How I don't know how to find out what time it's on. I mean, do you even know how to open a mailbox and get your mail? If you do, it's, it's about as hard as that. Yes. Yeah, so, again, the Around the NFL TV show on NFL Network, our own show. It's never happened uh, starting this Friday and each Friday for the next three weeks. Check it out. And also our live show from Super Bowl, uh, from the Super Bowl at the Miami Improv. Make sure you get tickets, miamiimprov.com slash events, the Around the NFL podcast live at Miami Improv. Check it out. Let's get to the show. The Around the NFL podcast will challenge their indefinite suspension. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, coming to you from a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Some people call it Black Monday. We do not call it Black Monday because we respect the people associated with this terrible day on the league calendar. This is New Horizons Monday. Doesn't it feel better now? Doesn't it feel, mm. Mark, fresh? Some, a, new, a, a new chance to turn the page for these men that have lost their jobs. It's all about uh, perspective. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the beginning of a new journey for those that have been let go. We did have to overtext, if you recall, Dan, have a brief chat with Greg, who was getting a little yes. too excited about breaking news and elements of news, and just sort of say, "Come on, Greg." As they thirsty. will say around the office, let's let's take a, a, a look at what's happening to the human side of this. But he's he's in a good place now, I believe. Well, we're taping this show late Monday afternoon on the West Coast, and you know we were hoping to have all the news that we could have before we go off. Uh, New Year's Eve is tomorrow and whatnot, but some of these situations not wrapping up. 
not as um, grisly as it sometimes is on Almost like Murky Horizons Monday, Monday yeah. right mm. now. Uh, but that's the way it is. Uh, but what we're going to do is we're going to go through all the news. We're going to save you know topics regarding uh, the playoffs this weekend, wild card weekend, for Thursday's preview show. We're going to keep our focus here on the hirings and firings and the speculation out there. Uh, and then a little bit of uh, our own version of the aftermath, one of the great NFL Network programs. In fact, if it's good enough for Al Michaels to come in and every year and do it, comes in from uh, you know Bel Air in, a, in his <laughs> own car, private car, takes him there, and he does our show on NFL Network. Damn, that's good enough for us. After flying in from Seattle uh, this morning or last night, probably. I mean, right? A workhorse. Yeah. It was. A, it had to be a beefy 25, 30 minutes. That it wasn't. It wasn't a three and a half minute come in, shake hands, and leave type deal. Right. So the, the aftermath is the network show that spins around the league after each Sunday. We're going to do something similar because this is also exit interview day uh, in the NFL for coaches and players after another regular regular season has wrapped up. But uh, let's let's get into it, and we'll start with what we know. For sure, and uh, yes, we'll start with the New York Giants, the demon, who have decided to make a change uh, <laughs> today on New Horizons Monday. The sound drop really making it worth hearing this music throughout uh, 49ers Seahawks on oh, Sunday yeah. night. <laughs> <laughs> I was testing out various options, working with Ricky. And we came down with a few different options we, we liked. Yeah, we're just going to cycle through them, you know, keep the listener engaged. It's totally discordant with a fourth quarter spinning utterly out of control, listening to these sound bites, but uh, interesting. Anyway, so the, <laughs> the Giants make the decision to fire Pat Shermer after two losing seasons. Uh, there just was not enough growth, obviously, for the Giants, who despite having uh, two Big first-round pick, Saquon Barkley, obviously a superstar. Daniel Jones showed a lot this year as a rookie. The rest of the team, it just never really has come together. In fact, um, Shermer goes 9-23 and with the Giants. He went 9-23 and uh, with the Browns. Yeesh. And that, that winning percentage, uh, which is, I think, in the 275 range, uh, is the seventh lowest for any head coach um, with that level of experience. Mark, you know... Pat Shermer well from his time with the Browns. And uh, is it fair to say that he can be both a guy that maybe isn't an NFL head coach but also entered a borderline impossible situation taking this Giants job? I think it's extremely fair because I think he was put into a bad situation in Cleveland and came out and showed that he can be a very talented, skilled play caller and coordinator of offense and went into the Giants situation Anyone taking that job was stuck in this front office morass and ownership mouthpiece scenario where they're trying to cling to Eli Manning. And, you know, I feel like Shermer was hamstrung with Eli Manning from the start and then forced to try to turn it around and flip it with a, with a rookie quarterback. I, I don't think that Pat Shermer is, you know, Paul Brown 2.0, but he was put into a really rough situation and it seemed to me doomed from the start. I agree with all that. And yet when the, Owner comes out, and he doesn't say, hey, you know, the typical, we wanted to move in a new direction, thanks for this, we're doing this. He says there were so many games that felt like we should have won and we just didn't get the job done. That's just laying it on the line. You should have won more games. And a team that was purposely tanking the season from the front office perspective, the Dolphins, won more games than the Giants did. Mm, I still am just getting used to these John 
Mara press conferences, and I just remember, you know, back in the mid two thousands when he would have them, there was this sort of aura of, wow, this is one of the great ones. Like the, when this owner speaks, they really know what they're doing. And as the amount of these press conferences have piled up every you know twelve to twenty four months, you just think of all the mistakes that the Giants have made to be one of the worst franchises in the league since 2012. And you think, like, he he bears a lot of the responsibility, and he took it. I mean, he said, put it on me. Look, I'm, I, it starts at the top. Uh, but he's always on the defensive, and that's part of working in New York, and it's part of always failing to really pull the Band-Aid off and always have a connection to Giants history, and he still is going to have that connection in the front office. Well, I, yeah, I thought it was noteworthy that he said, um, we've lost some standing as an organization as I look around the league. That, to me, was the, the quote they hit home. But I kind of I, – I would love my owner to say that, to, sh- to show yes, an understanding, I, you know, that we are not what we used to be, and we understand what's been happening is no bueno, and we need to try to change it, and that's what we're setting out to do. I still feel like if I'm a, if I'm a Giants fan, which I've been accused of uh, on this podcast, I still feel like I'm in good hands, and – I give them a not a total. I pass. get it, but they chose McAdoo and Shermer. No, that absolutely that they've them. made a couple bad decisions, but they've also had an incredible run before this uh, slump they've gone into. And the end of the Eli Manning era, uh, maybe the Patriots are about to learn this too. It's it's always going to be a little bumpy figuring out how to get out of that era and into the next. Uh, Dave Gettleman, though, he stays, and this is now this is worth potentially criticizing as well. Let's listen to what. Uh, Mara had to say about Gettleman, the GM, who does not lose his job despite uh, some big swings and misses. We could we could have uh, differences of opinion about whether those were hits or misses. There definitely have been some misses, no question about it. I think that can happen to anybody. There were reasons for some of those personnel decisions. Um, he does know that the batting average has got to increase going forward, though. Wes, love those baseball <laughs> metaphors and other sports. They always pop up. Yeah, he, he – John Mara said that he happens to believe in Gettleman and he happens to believe in the changes he's made. And and that's his prerogative as the owner. But there's a lot of changes as we go forward. The way he's building his roster isn't how a lot of people believe you should build a roster uh, with running backs, with big behemoth defensive linemen who stop the run. And then to me the bigger question is a desperate general manager usually doesn't work well with a new head coach leading the search. It's fine if he's an established GM with with job security, but a desperate GM, it's usually not a good combination bringing in a new coach. They they butt heads too much. It, it feels like hazardous territory, again, for the next hire. Now, it, exactly. they have they're more not, parts. They're not going to be aligned. It's the same thing the Jets have been through in various forms. It's the same thing the Browns have been through and are about to go through, too, with a GM that might be on the hot seat hiring a coach that, in theory, is not exactly aligned and has a little more – um, seniority, uh, it's it's a problem. We mentioned Eli Manning, and he will certainly, almost certainly, uh, not be back with the Giants, and he kind of put a period on that uh, today with comments he made at his locker as the you know players across the lead, league are cleaning out the clubhouses. Uh, he's turning 39 on Friday. He was asked if he was interested in being Daniel Jones' backup next season. Eli had this to say, I doubt it, I doubt it. Being uh, backing up is not real fun, uh, which opens up the window. He is open to playing. He gone. Uh, but it 
is not going to be with the Giants, which I, is the best possible situation at this point. Yeah, I think he's just – it's going to sink in eventually that retirement is his best option. I just don't see anyone – looking at the game field from the last couple of years and saying, yes, this guy's a starter. I think he's expect- – he even said he's going to take a couple of days and and then he'll talk. I think he's fully expecting to retire. I mean, I, I maybe he's going to see if there is some crazy opportunity out there. But the way – when I, I listened to all the things he said today, he, he sounded like he knew, and, and that – played out in the way that he approached those last two starts where his family is there and he was soaking it all We've up. also had a pretty unmatched influx of young quarterbacks where four or five years ago you could have maybe matched Eli Manning with a desperate team that didn't have anything at the under center, but mm. what team is that today? That Someone on NFL Network mentioned the Colts bringing Eli Manning into oh be where Peyton was. I mean, it was just conjecture, but, but there's just no good match. That's uh, the early leader in the clubhouse for best point of the podcast. We're going to be keeping track. It's a new thing we're doing. Ooh, I like that. Uh, and Sounds competitive. Rick, Ricky is going to announce who had the best point of the podcast at the very end. Very good. Great. Finally, <laughs> the Giants uh, now turn their attention to finding a new head coach and a lot of connecting dots to Matt Rule of Baylor, who almost ended up with the Jets last year. It didn't work out, and the Giants are said to be interested uh, and Rule is a, a local guy. He has his stock is sky high after uh, really putting together uh, a, a, a Baylor program that is on the rise and is expected to continue to be on the rise in the upcoming season. And we'll see if that's the guy. Josh McDaniels, whose name is popping up again. Uh, Adam Schefter reported the Giants and Panthers have requested permission to interview with the P- Patriots OC. So all those hot takers that said McDaniels had burned his final bridge uh, by walking out of that uh, that handshake agreement with the Colts. Please. It seems like Josh McDaniels will continue to be a hot name this time of year, uh, and we'll see if he actually takes a job this time. Well, Mark was really excited about this New York Post article uh, speculating that now would be a great time uh, to for Belichick to make that move to the Giants. I mean, they play the hits at the New York Post. They know there's no <laughs> basis for this whatsoever, but it's probably the – I bet it's the most highest-trafficked uh, article on their site. Well, today. the root of my excitement is that it was a sandwich bet from late August yes. that I proposed. So if it ever were to happen, I'd basically just retire right there and just go live in the middle of a farmhouse somewhere. How would you feel about Josh McDaniels as a Browns coach? Why not? At this point, I mean, wheel anyone in. Th- I mean, th- th- he'll be there for 90 days to 100 to, uh, to uh, two years. So Wait, I don't know. It, it, I'm always leery when it feels like people are selling you something, and people are always trying to sell us Josh McDaniels and this personal growth that he underwent after his Denver years. He had to go through some, some things and find himself. Okay, well, then why did you leave Indianapolis in the lurch if you found yourself? Mm. Uh, moving on. So that's the <laughs> He that's loves his family, Wes. Maybe the best point. Wanted to Erica. keep. I'm Wanted taking notes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on. So that's what's going on. Who's even uh, elsewhere on New Horizons Monday? Oh, hold up. You got to be quick with it. I'm playing a harp here. <laughs> <laughs> we are in a different situation here. We're in a different stage. Yeah. It's a, We're everything, a, everything's a little different. A sound stage with a fake Rubik's cube two feet away from Dan's shoulder. I don't know. A gigantic Rubik's cube. The trend Why? zone guys who we love. You know, they, they are the Spanish around the NFL podcast. They're up in the studio, and we expected Ricky to muscle them out when you just, you know, compare numbers in terms of audience. But here we are on the um, uh, stage five instead of the podcast studio. So 
it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, but I couldn't fit the harp up there. Quite a diverse <laughs> skill set, playing the harp and muscling people out. Anyway, yes, yeah, so uh, Jay Gruden has been out of work since October when the Redskins let him go. And Ron Rivera, who has been out of work for a couple of months since the Panthers let him go, he seems to be the guy that will be the head coach of the Washington Redskins. By the time you hear this, he might be the head coach of the Washington Redskins. Um, but he's not at this moment as re- recording. It's just pointing in that direction. Uh, Rivera will, as he takes this job, you understand he probably has some reservations about the culture in Washington. Uh, but I guess money and power talks, and I'm sure he's going to get a lot of both. One guy he won't have to worry about clashing with is Bruce Allen. Uh, Rap Sheet in, uh, reported that the Redskins informed Allen that he's been relieved of his duties. Um, the team president was his role. Uh, it is a run that was deeply, profoundly unsuccessful, and Allen is shown the door. So it does, Greg, open up um, you know, a power a vacuum that someone's going to fill, and maybe Rivera gets a bigger voice in the type of decisions that Allen was handling. Yeah, it sounds like that's some of the – you know, dots that are being, what do they say? You know, they're crossing T's. They're, they're figuring dotting out. Dotting I's. Yeah, I dotting think. I's. They're figuring out That's how the front office is going to work. There was a report out there that Rivera was dining on Monday night with. <laughs> that was the grossest thing what happened? Heard. I don't know. You tell us. I don't know. There's a lot of strange ambient sounds. Wes's jacket keeps bumping up against his microphone. There's a lot of things going on. We are we're pros. <laughs> pros, bros, bros, pros. I uh I saw a report that Barack Obama, Dan Snyder, and Ron Rivera were out to dinner. That's yes. pretty bold. That's pretty I mean that's he's joining the team. Mike Silver was on our network saying he was like looking at a text and you can guess who it was probably from that. Everything is going fine. The del- there's no delay. It is all. You don't get happening. dinner with Obama and the team president <laughs> exactly. or the team owner and not be the head coach of the team. How about that by Obama? I guess a uh, little civic pride. He probably wants the local team uh, to not be a, an embarrassment, uh, which they have been. I mean, the, the Bruce Allen news to me was almost bigger than the Ron Rivera news because Bruce Allen has been uh, a plague on this franchise. There's, there's a movement. Pox. For the last couple of years, the Fire Bruce Allen movement that was so popular, the Washington Post like wrote an article about the movement, includes ESPN's Matthew Barry and all this stuff, and I think it's, it's a good thing for them that he's gone. Well, it, one of the reasons that he stuck around for so long, mysteriously to most, is that his father obviously was George Allen, and when Daniel Snyder... My dad's George Allen. I don't know if that's how he was telling people that news, but, you know, Daniel Snyder grew up a Redskins fan during that George Allen time and was friends with Bruce Allen, but that's not how you run a team. So this, I think, was an absolute must for Rivera to even consider this job. That's a good point. He, he was with the Bucks from 2004 to 2008. He was with the Redskins from 2010 to 2019. None of those teams ever had a playoff appearance Oof. or a playoff win under him. No playoff wins. He's like a one-man Bengals. They always say like he, <laughs> he makes a lot of, like he's good behind, you know, he's good at the business side of things, but all you got to do is look at a game in Washington and hear the hear first of all about the fan experience and look at the empty seats and he's also good at misrepresenting the truth. He mm. sits up there like Nero as the Whoa. the organization burns around him and he tells people the straight face the culture is quote damn good with mm. the Redskins as he's firing Jay Gruden. Which Give yeah, that break. was the worst press conference of the year. Little known fact, 
his sister, I believe. Did you see Adam Gase's Ooh. introductory press conference? I would yeah. say this one, this one tops that I one for me. It. Just cut out of just absolute, utter, nonstop lying to people. What about our boy with the 49ers? Um, well, that wasn't this the, the year, interim. but that was, you know. Oh, the yes. one-year guy. One Jim Tom Sula. Tom he, was, he was not <laughs> an intern. That was, was a lot of fun. That was the most uncomfortable press conference. Hey, I just coach ball. <laughs> I mean, you're what if What close. if Ron Rivera pulled a Super McDaniel and went out to dinner with the president of the United States, the former president of the United States? Never have dinner with the president. And then walked out on the Redskins. Wouldn't that be Oof. a great power flex? And wouldn't that, on some level, make him even more in demand? It's like, whoa, this guy, he's ruthless, man. How come well, you weren't saying that about McDaniels, though? It would be a brand well, change. just the next level. You got Obama involved. Might kill this, like, endless buzz that, you know, and, I, and I'm sure it's true that Ron Rivera is just this wonderful man. I mean, I mean I, I, I'm sure he is. <laughs> why, but why do you, you have a problem no, with that? just you hear it nonstop, and whoa. it's like, we get it. We get it. He's a wonderful <laughs> man. But, you know, doing something like that be like, He's diverse. He's diverse in his behavior. Maybe he's got a mean streak. Too. The listeners mm. should know Mark's a little grumpy. It's twelve past five here in California. We're off to a little bit of a late start. He's ready to no, go. No, I find uh, that New Horizons Monday is essentially Agenda Monday for a lot of people with their messaging. Ooh. It's a lot of fill airtime with with the same talking points for nine or straight to ten, nine to ten hours on television. But is that why you were mad that we had to wait ten minutes to start here? Ten minutes. Try like thirty-seven minutes. <laughs> the, a little-known fact here. You know how you've pointed out I'm like the NFL Network historian. Yeah, I got a good one for you. Yes. One of their original um, on-air talents was Bruce Allen's sister, Jennifer Allen. Hey, that's a great point. Right I here. read her book, Track Fifth Quarter. Look at this. No. Very good. It's all happening. Uh, there's no you know, such thing as Fifth Quarter, but <laughs> it was actually a very well-written book. Doesn't make sense. I recommend it. You should check it out personally, Dan Hanson. It's gonna be an overtime period, but a quarter by its. Well, they could rebrand the they could rebrand the novel fourth. with a new title that would be more acceptable at this point. Yeah. All right. Other news. Let's move now to another team in the NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys, who, in true Cowboys fashion, they just can't let go. They're guys. They don't even know how to do it. It seems uh, because Jason Garrett, who everyone assumes is out as Cowboys coach uh, after an. Eight and eight season that was deeply disappointing. Uh, Jason Garrett, uh, excuse me, Jared Jones gave an endless press conference late last night. Uh, no announcement then. We go all through Monday today. No am- announcement today. Uh, the day has included exit interviews uh, for players, a team meeting that followed. Uh, Jane Slater reports that Garrett used phrases that suggested a permanent departure rather than a mere end to another season. Garrett later met with uh, Jera and Stephen Jones, the vice president, for roughly an hour. That said, still, Greg, nothing to report how as of right they, now. How could they meet for an hour and go, it man. not happen? It's like only Jerry Jones, could, like what he was like talking about Arkansas football and all the good times that they had, and like he, it's like he was waiting for Garrett to fire himself because he didn't. Wait, doesn't he do just want to own the Tuesday news cycle because all these other teams right. have a piece of the pie? Today? We could talk about it as if it's happened because it's it's happening, and they're apparently orchestrating however they want it to be played out with a press conference or whatever. It doesn't it doesn't matter. I'm more curious about who's next. And Jerry Jones said he's not worried about what other teams are doing. And he hinted that who he's interested in 
those names aren't on these lists. And so you've also seen some speculation. Could Mike Zimmer be someone that he goes after? Ian Rapport threw that out. Mike Florio threw that out. Uh, there's some big-name college coaches. Bob Stoops has been whispered about. Maybe Urban Meyer. So it seems like those are the kind of big fish that Jones might be going for. Vikings have to make a decision on Zimmer, whose contract is only through 2020. So they make a decision on him this offseason. And something tells me they do not want to leave. They don't want to lose Kevin Stefanski, who was a big candidate with the Browns last year and is getting interest again. So I think Zimmer is interesting. Mm. What's going to happen? With Especially him? if they mm. lose. If they lose to the Saints and the defense doesn't play well, it's three straight losses. It's tricky, though, because they've had one losing season out of six. I mean, he has five winning seasons. Ron Rivera has three, and Ron Rivera's talked about, you know. Like he's in you know, the next Vince where's, Lombardi. Yes, where's he that is. fifteen and one Mike Zimmer season that I, Ron Rivera? I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Uh, it speaks <laughs> to the madness of covering the Cowboys. Clarence Hill, uh, who works down there, uh, he was live tweeting like everyone else down there. Uh, a, a press conference that Jared was holding. I feel like it had to be around midnight uh, Central Time. And uh, here's just a snapshot of when all any sane person wants to know is Jason Garrett fired or not. And instead, he's he's opining, Jarrah, on how to, how Dak Prescott missed Tony Romo's passing record mark for a single season by one yard. And here's the quote. It really breaks my heart that Dak didn't get that record by what? A yard? A yard? I would have gone out there, run around for him, and at that, t- at that time to get that yard. He deserves that. And I like the boy who's got the record. Like, why are we talking <laughs> well, I mean, about this? Sometimes there are, there are whiskeys involved. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> Uh, in other coaching limbo news, Doug Marone, still the coach of the Jaguars, so a, a brief timeline Timeline here. Uh, Tom Coughlin, the football czar, gets canned uh, about, what, seven to ten days ago. Uh, the assumption is that Marone's going to go, but then some reports are bubbling that he could perhaps survive. Then ESPN reports uh, that, in fact, Marone had been told already that he was fired and he would finish out the season and then be gone. That was disputed and then ultimately proven to be false because Marone still is employed as of now with the Jaguars, and there is apparently a meeting scheduled between Marone and Shad Khan at some point this week. Uh, Tuesday, I, uh, yeah, tomorrow. Ostensibly to finally settle his fate, to which I say, Chris Wessling, he better be staying at this point. I'm not saying it's the right move, but, like, what are we doing here? While all the other teams looking for a head coach are whining and dining and pursuing the top options, uh, th- you shouldn't be pussyfooting here. Make a decision. S or get off the pot. Well, Mike Garofolo said it's about a 50-50 chance, and I think it might be higher than that because it seems like Tony Khan, a friend of the show, we've had him on before, seems like a Best nice friend. guy, taking on more responsibility on the football side and making these decisions, and maybe that's part of the holdup is there's change in responsibilities there. Tony Khan allegedly is a big fan of Doug Maroon. And a big fan of David Caldwell, I would imagine. David Caldwell is also safe, of course. What role he has in the organization, that could shift. But I guess, yeah, Greg, do you, do you, does it feel to you now that Maroon – is going to be back to me. It just seems like Tom Coughlin ended up being the big fall guy at the end of the day here. Yeah, I think that would be a mistake, but I guess I'll wait to wait to find out. All right. Uh, in other news, what do we have? Uh, Panthers candidates. Who's jumping out right in that search to replace Ron Rivera? It's not Perry Fuel. I can tell you that. Well, they they've interviewed Mike McCarthy twice now. Right, and you know, supposedly that it went very well. 
Matt Rule is also very high on their list, according to Rap Sheet, who also mentioned Josh McDaniels and uh, Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, yeah, they asked for permission for McDaniels. Rule is interesting because I think they still have a game, and he, then they have a bowl he, game. he says he's going on vacation after that with his wife, and he's not taking any interviews until he's back from vacation. So if Ooh, playing a little hard to get, like it, and and he said, yeah, if he if if it doesn't work out, then then he's fine with that. Uh, rule, by the way, Bob Bates, DDS, my father-in-law. Good husband move, by the way. Prioritize the yes. vacation. Well, and then publicize it. Yeah. So you look, you look, you just look Hero like mode. an excellent family man. So Bob Bates, as well. DDS is as great point is as plugged in on Baylor as anyone, and he is going to be furious if Rule leaves. Now he's not a man that gets furious, but he will be very unhappy because what Rule has done there. Your it, father-in-law. Yes, it is not. Um, well, my father-in-law hasn't built this Baylor program, <laughs> but what Rule did with Baylor after they had their scandal, uh, it doesn't it doesn't touch what happened with Bill O'Brien at Penn State. But he quickly rebuilt Baylor back into a, a powerhouse, and he's young, and he's a, exactly the type of hotshot college coach that you think is going to get plucked. And he was open, it seemed, to going to the Jets last year, and the Jets failed to seal the deal. Well, they wouldn't allow him to pick his own staff, which it, I would say ultimately if he it feels like a match for the Giants. And it's it's hard to see the Jets always get put in these situations, but if he were to go to New York and completely raise the Giants from the middle oh, of the earth, happen. well, that is a tough look for the Jets, although, who simply wouldn't allow him to pick his own assistants. Although maybe that's a, a point to why Gettleman could be a liability. You know, like what if Matt Rule isn't, isn't feeling that, Partnership, but they've you worked know? together before and know yeah, each other. People, so there people, is, they were saying it. That out. You know. uh, let's move on. The Dolphins make a move on Bright Horizons Monday, parting ways with two of their coaches on Brian Flores' staff, including their offensive coordinator, uh, an Irishman, Chad O'Shea, out after one season. And the first instinct is, well, what are you talking about? Why would you do that? Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, he taught he turned water into wine down there this year. But as we pointed out on the Sunday Week 17 recap show, which we heartily endorse and suggest you check out, even though it landed not 18 hours ago, um, Fitzpatrick just made a lot of that magic happen on his own. And the offensive line coach also got fired. The offensive line was a turnstile. And to Fitzpatrick's uh, credit, Wes, he just found ways to stay on his feet and make plays all year. I think that's a good way to put it, that Fitzpatrick's style. This is a good it? point by me? Absolutely. Ricky. I think Greg should update the standings there. That was a good point. I mean, Ricky is in charge of this. I just She's typing I furiously. That's been recorded, idea. I believe. If, if I mean, every, maybe my idea for this entire bit, that could be considered as a, good, as a good one. That was a good right. point. I mean, anytime you can just, you know, throw and tack on more work onto our producer while she's trying to do seven other things at the same time. She loves it. You're, it's you're, more airtime. You'll undoubtedly win it. this contest. <laughs> If Fitz is out there playing Sandlot ball, or as our friend Patrick Claybon would say, going John Wick on the Patriots, <laughs> how much credit does the offensive coordinator mm. get? And I know they had a just a brutal running attack, but they also had Mark Walton, who looked like a keeper for a minute until he ran afoul of the law again. And I don't know if Chad O'Shea should be blamed for that, mm. but there's obviously something going on behind the scenes that Brian Flores wasn't happy with. Right. They've, they've worked together for a long time. They knew each other forever in New England. So my guess is it's less about production and more about either they already he knows who he wants to hire. That would be right. my, my guess. 
or just he, he, Chad O'Shea's never had that role before, and Flores is making the decision that that's not, even though or, he likes him personally, like that's not the guy he wants. Or Belichick on the phone and said, you fire that man now because we're about to lose Josh McDaniels, and I'm taking him back mm. onto our staff. I mean, that this really goes against your whole Trojan horse thing that they went up there and beat the Patriots, though, kind of. Well, that's why now it's it was a sense. it was a thorny phone call, not a pleasant one. Uh, for all the Fitzmagic sizzle in Miami, uh, they finished twenty seventh in total yards, averaging just north of three hundred a game. And the offensive line coach that was let go is Dave du, uh, DeGuglielmo. Who, why is that name familiar that I cannot? He pronounce? keeps getting fired. Yes. He got fired by the Patriots before. You know, he oh, was the guy who replaced back, Skarnacki. Yep, he was is. with the Jets at one point too, so he's been around. But he, so Skarnacki retired. They brought in Googs and then canned Googs and brought back Skarnacki. Mm. That's T- right, right. Tom Gugliotta is still my favorite Googs. He's the guy after the guy the and Googs. the guy before the guy. Yeah, in this case, whatever he's the guy you don't want to be. Moving on. Uh, the Brownies, the Brownies, uh, they are taking a more measured approach to their head coaching search, uh, digging through a bunch of options. Uh, Mike McCarthy is now connected to the team, which I am on record as saying that feels like a sensible match, though everyone else seems to hate Mike McCarthy. Josh McDaniels connected to the Panthers. Uh, Greg Roman is connected to the Browns. The Browns. All, all those names are yeah. all to the Browns. Robert Sala. Robert Sala. I'm going to throw Sala, out another Sala. one I saw that happened on air. Connected uh, to both teams. To connected to the Browns, Jason Garrett. Oh, well, connected in what sense? Someone just, put that out there as actual information? Or, yeah, thought, of, thought it might a, be someone that they want to talk to. I think he fits what they – now, you know, they've had every type of head coach in the in the book, but now we want an experienced head coach. So <laughs> they're going to go get an experienced head coach. It's, okay. usually, it's also oh, the famous – you want the disciplinarian, then you want the players' coach. Right, disciplinarian, players' coach. Oh my god, I, I, I am I am beyond exhausted. I was never a fan. I was never a huge fan of McCarthy, but uh, maybe it's this PR work he's done. I don't know. He's pretty I, cool now. As, <laughs> he's, he's like into analytics and stuff. Mikey he Matt, he I, wants to update. He I got a video update, of my quarterback's feet. He wants to update his offense. Uh, I just feel like the Browns keep having total strikeouts, and he would be like a, a single up the middle. And <laughs> Who, so that this? is not bad, Mike McCarthy. I feel like Mike McCarthy is one young Jeezy viral video away from being like <laughs> the hottest candidate out there. <laughs> the PR campaign has worked. The one thing that like with Josh McDaniels, and I think I kind of feel like Josh McDaniels is who they want because they've, they've wanted him before. Wait, they want leadership. Uh, Whatever you would feel differently about Josh McDaniels, but there are a lot of people saying that the Browns are into the Josh McDaniels experience, and that he would want to bring the Sala, Sala. infamous Nick Casario with him, not the pastor who's down in Houston, but the Patriots Nick Casario. And John Dorsey sits right in the way of that. So I think that Dorsey is another guy that you got to de- whoever they bring in has to deal with the Dorsey experience at the same time. It's completely muddled. All right, let's go through some sound bites from Exit Interview Monday. Monday? No, that's the name of my children's daycare. New Horizons. <laughs> New Horizons. They both sound like rehab facilities, but that's fine. <laughs> they are. Uh, anyway, here's, uh, speaking of the Browns, Jarvis Landry, uh, who didn't waste any time sounding off on why he thought that uh, Freddie Kitchens wasn't the right guy in Cleveland. There are always times and seasons where things happen. You know, guys get hurt. 
um, off the field issues. You know, a, a bunch of different things happen. Um, you know, in, in crucial points in the game, in breaking points of the game, um, being able to hold your composure, being able to, um, you know, talk to each other, um, um, treat everybody with respect. You know, I just think at times, you know, there was a lack thereof. There's just opportunities in games where, you know, I know on the outside, on the outside that we could have taken advantage of, you know, teams, you know, um, weaknesses, you know, and that, and that, that we did it and, um, you know, we just didn't really, um, just didn't really know what the plan was or what we were trying to do, or I don't think we ever really found our identity. Well, that is quite a takedown of the Freddie Kitchens experience. I mean, Mark's been on this corner for a while. They've been taking him down on the sidelines. Like you can basically tell what's going on. They orchestrated not that he was gonna necessarily stay or not, but they essentially it was like a coup. Yeah, how much more can you do than telling you know the other teams to come get you? Outside of Eric Mangini and you know Joe Joe Thomas and Andrew Hawkins told a story of the team kind of throwing a party when Andrew, when Eric Mangini was released, <laughs> but you know honestly that didn't happen the same way with Hugh Jackson. There were a lot of players that liked the man, and whether or not the experience was good, obviously it wasn't. But you you just couldn't find a Browns player that really went to bat for Freddie Kitchens in the past twenty four hours, which kind of flies in the face Baker? of. Because I haven't heard he didn't. from ba- him. Baker just sort of threw it into the, you know, it's not my decision kind of thing, which is, you know, Baker's someone that's going to go out and back someone if he, if he How, feels that way. And, of course, the, the, as the story goes, it was Baker that helped get Freddie Kitchens hired. I wonder how their relationship – I mean, I, to Baker's credit, sometimes he doesn't know when to shut up. He never kind of came out and said anything that – made things even worse for Kitchens. You didn't. Baker never really spoke out. I think this will be one case that were, where as more reporting comes out in the next week, there was another, I saw a source that talked about that the team had never been so befuddled by a lack of direction when it came to organized game day management and preparation week to week. And it showed on the field. And I think that, that by the end of the year, veterans who had been around better coaching were just starting to lose it. And so the right choice was made. I mean, we all get that Freddie Kitchens seems like a dude you want to go hang out with for a weekend, to go on a road trip with, but not necessarily game plan for the Patriots. Two more points Landry made. The, there was too much on the head coach's plate, and this was a bone of contention that we brought up a few times. Why is Todd Monken not getting a chance to call the offense instead of Freddie Kitchens? And the other point was Landry said we relied too much on plays and not players. So Freddie Kitchens wanted to go with his offense instead of – tailoring it towards the skills of his players. Did the whole staff get let go? Mogden no, well, was a hot name last year on the market. They, they, I, it's in process, but they, they, well, they weren't immediately fired. They, they can look for jobs, as have 4,000 billion other assistants in Cleveland. All right. Um, let's move on. John Elway. Yeah, John needed uh, the second half. He really did. Uh, he's the general manager, the czar uh, in Denver. and uh, This one's for John. I've heard this. This one's <laughs> for John this one's for John this one's for John this song's for John and that one's for John this one's for John oh yeah also that one's for John so <laughs> not surprising <laughs> not surprising we didn't so to laugh at the end <laughs> we didn't get the Sydney version I always th- thought that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Not a surprise. Uh, yes, John Elway. Yes, the Broncos finished six and two to finish seven and nine. Uh, Drew Locke 
wins four of his five starts at quarterback. And Elway was asked, hey, with this nice start from your rookie second-round pick, does that change your approach? Are you going to be looking to bring in competition for the kid entering 2020? And Elway was pretty strong on it. Well, I mean, I don't see any options right now. I mean, obviously he finished and did a heck of a job. He won four out of five games and played well. But he still has a long way to go. He's got a lot of work to do. But uh, we're excited about where Drew is. And so, um, you know, don't like to show our hand, but I think it's unrealistic to say that we're going a different direction. Hmm. I think it's an upset that in this room there's someone that is more antagonistic to John Elway than I am. <laughs> Who's that, a, Dan? It's not a put I down. mean, it's just, you know. Marlboro Man's not a put down. Well, put down. I mean, that's, uh, I, I witnessed other things happening yeah. during that. Oh, that okay. I there's legit antagonism there. I, I missed that. Uh, I like that he was like, I didn't want to show our hand. But, yeah, it's definitely Drew Locke. <laughs> why, even, why even say it? I don't want to show my hand? Just show your hand. It's fine. Who needs, you know why? He can't help himself because who needs. He loves Drew Locke. Who needs a W at the quarterback position more than Elway? And if he gets a chance to take an off-season-long victory lap, even if it's built on perhaps a house of cards, what, has Drew Locke really shown us that much? Elway's smart. He gets it. He's going to use this off-season mm. to show that, yeah, maybe I'm not so bad at this, bozos. Well, like Greg mentioned on the last show, what you do for the last five, six weeks of the season has no more bearing on the future than what you did for the first six weeks of the season. I I don't want Drew Lock to be overrated. I don't want him to fail. I just feel like the Broncos are putting too much stock in the last six games as far as expe- expectations for next year. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean that it was pretty telling. I think maybe they sign a veteran backup, but it does sound like Drew Lock's the guy. Whereas if you compare his comments to how Anthony Lynn talked about Philip Rivers on Monday, just he was you know he's very positive. Why wouldn't you want a quarterback like that? A lot of great qualities, but stop short and then John Gruden especially uh stopping short of promising that Derek Carr was going to be his quarterback saying look he improved a lot the stats went up we we got better but I'm not going to make any promises right now that I think that shows the differences between those three teams in that division that those teams are looking for options probably the Chargers most aggressively Raiders in the middle and the Broncos at the end I think a Raiders option could be Phillip Rivers down the road Ooh, I like that I could see that. I don't know if it would Ooh. work, but what? I could Phillip see Phillip Rivers it and happening. Gruden for one Every, year. Everyone's like, oh, John Gruden wants a young guy. John Gruden always wanted an old guy. That's who he always signs. Rich Gannon. You know, Jeff Garcia, Brian Greasy, like every old guy he could find. Because that, that, those are the guys that understand his offense and run it how he wants it. I could see What it. could Phil Rivers football van drive to the desert and back that many times. I mean, Philip Rivers and it Las works. Vegas do not feel like a match. No, Four, it's like a 45-minute <laughs> uh, plane ride, want to go to no. Vegas. 45-minute yeah. plane ride, oh, it kind of works. Um, in other news, Bruce Arians gave his end-of-season presser. and uh, <laughs> Is he flying to practice every day on a plane? <laughs> no, but you go home for, like, Friday nights and stuff. You, quarterbacks have done that. You go home Friday nights, you know, you know it's like, oh, I'm the assistant coach of the soccer team. <laughs> hey, really, here, here I'm just really dad. Really breaking film, I'm sure. There, I'm your QB1. Here, I'm just dad. Bruce Arians is still salty about <laughs> yeah, he is. his quarterback. He was salty, as we talked about on Sunday night. He's salty, as we talk on Monday, because, uh, you know, his quarterback is killing him. It literally could be killing it's Bruce Arians hilarious. if you it's see so his good. face. 
uh, and how red he's getting because he just can't deal with the, the, the swashbuckling QB who cannot stop turning the ball over. 30 interceptions. Give me a break with this swashbuckling business. The pick six to end the season. Uh, on Monday, he was asked, Bruce Arians was, if someone other than Jameis Winston, who Winston, of course, his contract set to expire in March, someone other than Jameis Winston uh, could handle quarterback duties for the Bucks in 2020. With another quarterback? Oh, yeah. We can win with this one. We can, win. We can definitely win with another one, too. <laughs> <laughs> These guys. And he's sending he's sending a message to Jameis that he is – he's PO'd. Well, he was asked about the evaluation process, and his answer was – the first question is, what's behind door number two? Mm. As in, what are my other options at quarterback? And then he disclosed – that Jameis Winston is nearsighted. He can't oh, yeah. see the scoreboard, <laughs> no, but he can see the guys in front of him. That was a joke. I mean, right? Are that, you sure? That was a joke. Are you sure? It was pretty great. That would explain a lot. I mean, it's a great Arians line. He can't see the scoreboard. He doesn't, you know, he's hurting our team. What if he showed up at training camp with, like, Rick Vaughn glasses that completely correct his vision, <laughs> and he's like Steve Young crossed with Dan Marino? Well, the reason why I took it like seriously that. is he was asked specifically about right. Winston's vision issues. One of my, one of our favorite Twitter follows wow, that that boy dang. Wolf has had this theory forever that Jameis Winston just needs contacts. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that Bruce Arians was absolute. First of all, the the inter, that interception might change how their offseason goes. If they were feeling good off of a overtime win. I feel like none of the, yeah, these quotes wouldn't be happening. But I also think he was responding because he knows he has a contract negotiation that's probably already right. annoying him. And he probably heard what Jameis Winston uh, said in his pr- press conference, and he was, like, responding to Jameis Winston on Monday. Here's what Jameis said. We, we all know. Come on. I guess we, we know what we got to fix. No reason for me to be specific. You, know? you look at my numbers, I'm, I'm balling. You know, I got to stop giving the ball to the other team, right? Like, that's it's not a trick question. <laughs> I think you're exactly about? right. I think <laughs> I'm balling. There was more I to think, it, too. He was like, check the stats. He, he, he said, like, check the digits. Something, something like that. I think Bruce Arians went into that press conference, ticked <laughs> off about that comment, and going, does this guy really think he's getting $30 million exactly. a year? Well, that's the only way you throw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions if you have that attitude. You know what I mean? Oh, of course. Bruce Arians is not going to be coaching for the next 17 years. So it's like, do you want to go out with Jameis Winston or do you want to find something better when there are a lot of quarterbacks Winston reminds me, he's a a little like Ryan Fitzpatrick, except he just was taken number one overall. Right. (laughs) All right. Uh, And finally, in the news, Adam Gase wrapped up uh, his regular season conversation with the media, uh, with a press conference. He was asked if Le'Veon Bell, who's coming off a really a, a dreadful first season with the Jets, he never had a 20-yard run this year. How about that? Averaged, I believe, 3.3 yards per carry. Uh, was uh, not all his fault, but certainly some of it is Bell just maybe not being the guy he was with the Steelers after that one-year layoff. Uh, the Jets are are really locked into another year with Bell money-wise unless they decide to take a, a real hit or can move him via trade. Gase was asked if he saw uh, or if he wanted Lev Bell on the team in 2020, and this is what he said. Do you want him back and start him back in 2020? He's under contract for three more years. You can ask Joe tomorrow. Do you want him back? You can ask Joe tomorrow. I'm not the personnel. I'm charge personnel. All right. 
So a couple things to, unbra- to unpack here. One, uh, famously, Gase was not on board with the signing of Lev Bell. Mike McCagnin, uh, with uh, ownership uh, pushing for it as well, made the move, and it got out that Gase didn't want Bell getting them off on the wrong foot. Gase then sits out a lot of the uh, voluntary uh, work uh, with the team after the one-year layoff, which I think led to a little more heat. Then, then the really bad season. Uh, so you can understand why Gase uh, might not want this guy back on the team. However, this is another example to me of why Adam Gase is just not a good fit in the New York market. Mm. And I'll tell you why is that he can easily just give a, a, a diplomatic answer here. Say who wouldn't want to have Lev Bell back. I know the numbers didn't say it this year, but he did a lot of good things for us. And, and we, we hope to work together and do something much better next season. He could have done that, and it's not like that. None of this is being talked about. But he, I don't think he's able to do that. And I also wonder, Manish Mehta, who I brought up last week, who wrote the hit piece about Gase uh, only caring about money or whatever that was last week. He that was the one where he like he kidnaps orphans uh, <laughs> and like throws them in the trash on Christmas Eve. Yeah, that was yeah. That <laughs> it came out on Christmas Eve. Uh, he asked that question as well, and I just wonder. And some of the beat writers connected dots on this too. If Gase, because he's so furious that Manish would would do that to him, uh, was being short with him and gave him clipped answers and said, go get it from somebody else. Go get it from the GM. Not realizing, not being savvy enough mm. in the big chair to realize that you could have your issue with Manish, but when you answer like that, people are going to read it in a different way. And it's just the type of stuff that I think he has to learn to have any chance of survival. Well, except, I mean, that it's a fair question. Based on what Gase has, you know, Gase has also course, Gase yeah. has come out and supported Bell throughout the season too. And I, you know, when you dig into it a little bit more, if you look at everything he's said, there's been a pretty balanced take on Le'Veon Bell. Except that I'm not sure I really buy or believe anything Adam Gase says. And mm. I, as someone who wears like their heart on their sleeve and sometimes can't hide their own emotions, I can get that side of Gase. But you got to be winning to be treating people this way and treating the media this way and allowing these clips to filter out and take over Twitter for five or six but hours. I agree with you. Well, it, no, I know yeah. I'm not, right. I'm not battling you, but I'm treating... saying it's like a it's it is it is a super toxic way to kick it's, it's off such the offseason. It's such an easy way to avoid this, and he has not yet learned how to avoid these type of do, things. Do we think he's going to learn this suddenly? When it, so. it feels no. like a people, he used a people to try person to talk issue, about, whatever they call it. I, we used to talk about his press conferences in Miami. More importantly, in terms of treating people, it's, it's how you're treating Le'Veon Bell. I mean, Le'Veon Bell's not it. He shouldn't be on the team. Le'Veon Bell does not have it. I mean, he had a million chances to have those those 20-yard runs. He still has those great instincts where, like, it's in his body, but the expo- it's not there. I mean, they should move on from Le'Veon Bell. That, that is a separate issue. But when you're a player on the team who's friends with Le'Veon Bell and like how he's approached things, or if you're players who might want to join the team, you don't want to see your coach talking about Do you think there was a group text chain with some of those players? Like, what what the hell's wrong with this guy? Absolutely there was. Robbie Anderson can't wait to get out of there. I mean, there's like that's that is a issue with with building your team and it's probably driving Joe Douglas nuts. Somebody can go pay Robbie Anderson fifteen million dollars. That's fine, but it's another player that (laughs) ends but it's another player with a fractured relationship with the coach. It's just it's a little concerning. Anderson doesn't have a fractured Relationship. I think he doesn't seem to be glowing. Ready to go. He but. called it the big chair, Dan, and there's only 32 of these. It just surprises me. As much as it surprised me that Freddie Kitchens got a job in 2019 for the all shucks kind of like good old boy persona he has, 
you have to have communication skills. You have to have emotional stability. You have to have public relations to be an NFL head coach. And I don't know how Adam Gase got hired the first time, much less the second mm. time, with those issues. A lot of people say Peyton Manning. The yeah. power of Peyton Manning is a big thing with his career. Anyway, uh, before we go, we got we got an update. We got an update. <laughs> ah. now, another edition of Keeping Up with Bowinger. Sounds like New Horizons music. <laughs> Bengals tight end Moritz Bowringer. He's staying in Cincinnati. He signed a reserve future contract yeah. with the Bengals on Monday. He spent the second consecutive season on the team's practice squad and is set to remain there for yet another season. No. <laughs> the German-born tight, German tight end uh, still looking to make his NFL debut since being drafted in the sixth round by the Minnesota Vikings in the 2016 draft. Wow. Look, if you're going to go 16 weeks only using 52 of your 53 roster spots because you're carrying A.J. Green, the least thing you can do for Moritz is, is give up one of your – you know, reserve contract slots for the offseason. It's well said. It's gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna write a beautiful ending to this story that proves all the skeptics in this room wrong. Mobo Nation was really excited about this news. I saw. It's time to mobilize onto an actual <laughs> roster. I saw our friend. I saw our friend Henry Hodson driving into work, and he he immediately stopped. He took out his phone. He showed me the news update and the excitement in his face. Mobo carries. Uh, a lot of hopes and dreams, um, not just in this country, but especially in Germany. Well, and Henry approved the doubters. Does wrong. he carry footballs? Henry gets a seven point five percent cut of any money that Mobo makes on the said practice squad. And Roger Goodell's job, I have that on good. He's authority. locked on the squad. He can't even be activated to the for a whole other year. No, 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 no. It, it's ba- yeah. the he reserve an, future contract is just basically you're off, signing practice squad. But this players year he was he at one he point he was off, stuck on the practice squad. This analysis is right because Henry's taking notes. No, I, I wish he has an well, off-season the best contract like basically all the players that are invited uh, to training camp and is on he's on the 90 man roster and then they'll decide uh, what to do. I with remember it's, when it's, Deion Lewis was playing really well for the Patriots. No. They signed him by way of a reserve future contract. It's just a way of adding practice squad guys. I wish him just simply the best. That was another edition of Keeping Up with Bowie. One of the best editions. Yeah, I thought it was meaty. <laughs> Mobilize. <Sorry. laughs> A tentpole moment for him. <laughs> Gotta get going. The Around the NFL show, a reminder, Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, on NFL Network, they actually gave us a show. They did not want to do this. But we just, through the sheer power, and this is... Here's some uh, unsolicited advice. We get this a lot, actually. People, how do you make it in the business? How do you how do you build a career in sports? I will tell you one of the secrets, and I'm not even joking. And it carries on not just in sports, but in any realm or profession you choose. Just stay in the picture. Yep, it's good. Crank, stay in the picture, and opportunities will find you. And Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't say, "Oh well, I'm out of time." Because if you just stick around long enough, uh, one day there'll be executives walking around the building, and they're like, "Wait, we need to fill that three o'clock uh, slot. <laughs> Is anyone around?" They and, squirt. They, and there we are. <laughs> squirt. <laughs> we were just sitting there that day, and they tapped us on the shoulder. It's exactly how it played out. A guy shopping a giant cigar, like a five hundred pound man from the third floor. Still a ton of those guys around here, yeah. and say, "Hey, you whippersnappers, you got your own show." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Friday, still here? 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, around the NFL show. Also, yes, our Miami Improv live show, Super Bowl week. That's going to be fun. Uh, the Thursday before the Super Bowl, we'll have that live show. Uh, so check it out uh, on MiamiImprov.com slash events and get tickets and join us. It will be a lot of fun. We'll be back on Thursday with our wild card uh, weekend preview of four big games. Don't forget the big reveal at the end of this show. Yes. Yeah, I have it's a list. It's time for Erica Tamposi. No, we don't need a list. Is it we a just power need rankings? A choice. Like, what is it? No, the, yeah, the I have a point. list of like the nominees. Okay. How long is so the list? <laughs> it's like quick. <laughs> there the can list, only be four. The list of the best point of the podcast is Greg letting me pick the best point of the podcast. Like yeah. I also thought the best win. point was me asking Mark about McDaniels to the Browns. Nice job. Um, I felt also, out of place at the time, but now I realize you just wanted to get a point that you could put on the list of points. Right. Um, but then I have just two wait. little sub things. That's Greg pointing out that Dan calls him the NFL Network historian, which was like a way to brag by putting Flex. it on Dan. <laughs> yep. And then Dan brought it back and was like, oh, remember I was on the record for McCarthy? Like you kind of like did ba- did it back. A lot of bragging. Wes said something about Nero. I wrote that down. <laughs> Literally something, something about, about Nero. <laughs> um, Good point. Someone said something about Fitzpatrick's style. No, I mean, this, this segment, and this I segment, have, this segment is not points that we've made in the show. No, no, no. It's these are the best. Choosing one. Okay, so also on the best point of the podcast was when I thought to myself <laughs> that since Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> did like a pretty decent job as a head coach, that maybe that persuaded the league to like look more into college coaches because we've been looking into more college coaches than ever before on this. You said that? New, no, I thought to myself. The uh, New Horizons. As if this segment could have ended any other way. Right. Well, that, it was a smart move. Wait a minute. By her to guarantee we never do the segment again. So well, well, wait a minute. Yeah, that was the no, intention. I think. It's going to be a reoccurring thing. And the winner, <laughs> the winner of. <laughs> I told you she loved it. The winner of the best point of the podcast was Greg's throat noise. <laughs> oh, no. It's a fair choice. Erica, can we hear that? <laughs> there it is. I'll never forget it. It's been a long day. What is that? It's been a long day. He, he, you knew it was bad when he started deflecting. He was like, oh, what about uh, what's his jacket? It's hitting the microphone. <laughs> hey, I'm tucking my jacket in. Craig's well, over there making fish noises. I was trying to get your attention. <laughs> <laughs> Got the creature of the Black Lagoon in the studio. He's like, yeah, there's a lot of ambient noise in this studio. It's like it came from your throat. <laughs> Poor Greg. Uh, we've all done it. But oh, yeah. with these mics and these, and these cans, it was picked up. Oh, it was, it was aggressive. <laughs> I don't even remember it. You have to go see a doctor I, immediately. I, I blacked out. If I ever <laughs> listen to this right show, to it, would, it would be painful. <laughs> Let's go. We got to get out of here. Please. Another new horizon. Our first group trip to the hospital. Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm. You can go home. The mailman, the old boss, Rick Hollywood behind the glass. Till Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.